Hello and welcome to the Minimum Competence episode for Monday, May 8th, 2023. I'm your host for today, Andrew Leahy, a tax and technology attorney from New Jersey. In today's episode, we have law firm financials on the upswing. A January 6th rioter gets 14 years. Ron versus Mickey. Clarence Thomas is a decades-long ethics story. Door hardware antitrust and Starbucks anti-union stories. Let's get to that door hardware story as quickly as we can. Sounds interesting. But first, some of today's other legal news. Our first news story is one that really emphasizes that this is a news podcast for lawyers. Not that non-lawyers can't listen, but they'll just be bored to tears when these sorts of stories come up. It appears law firm financials are heading in a positive direction. The Thomson Reuters Institute's law firm financial index rose 14 points in the first quarter of 2023, marking the first increase since quarter 2, 2021. The index found that billing rate growth remained healthy, up almost 6% over the past year, and law firm direct expenses grew more slowly in quarter 1. Practices such as litigation and labor and employment saw increased demand in quarter 1 compared with the previous quarter. However, the index also noted a decline in profits per lawyer and lawyer productivity over the past 12 months. The report found a divergence between the largest and mid-sized law firms, with mid-sized law firms seeing an increase in demand and headcount growth, but also an increase in direct expenses. In contrast, AmLaw 100 firms saw direct expense growth kept to less than 5%, but experienced a decline in demand for their services. Peter J. Schwartz, a Pennsylvania man, has been sentenced to 14 years in prison for assaulting police officers with pepper spray outside the U.S. Capitol during the January 6th riot. Schwartz, who was convicted last December, was found to have been at the forefront of the mob that attacked police at the Lower West Terrace of the Capitol. He boasted later that he had, quote, started a riot by, quote, throwing the first chair. Prosecutors said Schwartz seized a police duffel bag full of pepper spray canisters and handed them out to others in the mob, including his wife, so they could turn them against police officers. Schwartz was found guilty on four counts of assault with a dangerous weapon and six other charges, including obstructing an official proceeding and entering a restricted building with a dangerous weapon. His 170-month prison term surpasses the previous longest sentence handed down in a case related to the January 6th attack. At least 950 people have been charged and more than 600 convicted for their roles in the Capitol rampage. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has signed a bill that grants a new board he controls the authority to void development agreements its predecessor signed with Walt Disney. The bill passed the Republican-controlled legislature largely along party lines. The Central Tourism Oversight District Board, whose members are appointed by DeSantis, can cancel any deals signed up to three months before the board's creation. The move comes after Disney and DeSantis have been in a feud since last year when Disney criticized a new state law banning classroom instruction of sexuality and gender identity with younger children. That bill that Disney opposed was widely known as the Don't Say Gay Bill. I anticipate this will be a topic of discussion on Aspiring Minds later this week. So don't forget to jump over to there if you're interested in hearing an actual expert, Jacob Schumer, discuss the latest news on the Disney DeSantis brouhaha. The governance arm of the federal judiciary is being called upon to investigate Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas again following recent reports on his undisclosed financial ties to Texas billionaire Harlan Crow. The move has brought the judiciary's process for enforcing financial reporting rules under scrutiny, with long-running concerns that it is inadequate for such matters. A red flag had previously been raised about the handling of public allegations of wrongdoing against Thomas over a decade ago, sparking internal process changes. U.S. District Judge Mark Wolf raised concerns in 2012 that the Judicial Conference of the United States was being kept in the dark and shut out from reviewing complaints against Thomas. Wolf's objections led to changes in the process that should now formally notify the Conference of Complaints Against Thomas and how they're handled. 
This latest controversy, like the one in 2011, has caused a national debate about how the judiciary enforces ethics rules and the Supreme Court's lack of a binding code of conduct. The U.S. Justice Department has reached a settlement on antitrust concerns surrounding Swedish lockmaker Asa Abloy's $4.3 billion purchase of Spectrum Brands Hardware and Home Improvement Unit, allowing the deal to proceed. The Justice Department had sued to block the acquisition in September 2022, arguing that it would limit competition in the residential door hardware industry and raise prices. The settlement requires Asa Abloy to divest some of its brands to Fortune Brands Innovations, which will acquire Mtech, Schaub, Yale, and August Brands from Asa Abloy. The deal still needs to be approved by a judge. Spectrum Brands CEO David Mora said the agreement was a, quote, critical milestone toward putting HHI Spectrum's hardware unit in the hands of Asa Abloy. And don't we all want that? A National Labor Relations Board judge has ruled that Starbucks Corp. broke U.S. labor laws when it fired five union activists who appeared in a news report filmed inside a closed store in Memphis, Tennessee. Starbucks terminated the workers in February 2022, alleging that their meeting with the news crew had taken place without the company's approval. But prosecutors alleged that the firings had been motivated by retaliation against workers' attempts to form a union. The judge also found that the coffee giant had committed other unfair labor practices in the Memphis store, including the temporary closure of the site to frustrate a union demonstration. However, the judge found that the termination of two of the workers was lawful. The company said that it was evaluating the decision. Exceptions must be filed by June 1st. And with that, thanks so much for listening to Minimum Competence, your daily news podcast for lawyers. If you're looking for more than Minimum Competence, links to further reading on all the topics touched on today are in the show notes. If you have any questions or story suggestions, find us on Mastodon on the esq.social instance. Reviews go a long way towards helping new listeners to find our show. If you have a moment and can leave a rating or review in your podcast player of choice, we'd appreciate it. And if you know someone that might be interested in the story we cover, consider sending them the episode. Minimum Competence is available at minimumcomp.com and wherever you get your finely crafted podcasts. We'll see you back here tomorrow. And until then, remember, you can create a billion dollar company around residential door hardware. <laughs>